Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse Season 3, Episode 1. It is called Fight or Flight, full spoilers for the episode as always. You know, this this wait between Seasons 2 and 3 was particularly painful because for us Season 1 to 2, because we caught up with Season 1 about a month before Season 2, we had maybe three weeks between when we had the Season 1 finale. <laughs> To when we watched yeah. the season two premiere, so the wait between the season two finale and the season three premiere is painful. It yes. was it was funny about it is watching this episode is I'm like, and I remember thinking this about the start of season two as well, but this one was a lot more noticeable. Is that it really feels like it just runs straight on from before? Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't it? There's, there's no that was a closing of a chapter and then there's a bit of a time jump and then we're starting fresh. There's none of that. It's just. It- it doesn't feel like it's split into seasons in the way most TV does. E- even no. most, you know, very serialized TV still has distinct seasons. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was doesn't. stuff in the finale that made it feel like a finale last time and, and so on, but... There's not much in this that makes it feel like a premiere, though. Not a super amount. Uh, but here, here here, we are, so this is this is where... Uh, so, you know, everyone picks up right where they left off. Avasaral is in danger, she's with Draper, Cotillar, Cotillar's been shot... They're trying to get off this ship. This is Mao's ship. Erin Wright's trying to talk the you know the UN into fire and everything. Oh, there's you know she did all these things. She set up all this stuff. She she's been trying you know playing the the proto molecule to say you know everything he's been doing basically. Yeah. Um, which leads to him convincing not only to officially declare war against Mars. So so we're full in in the whole thing, uh, but to, to frame a Vassarala for sort of causing everything. And sending people after her as a result. It's, uh, it's pretty good politicking, isn't it? I wouldn't use the word good. I, I'd use the word it's because it's, it's 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 good in his skills, but it's not good in what he's doing. It's not morally good, but good is in impressive, as in you know it, it takes skill to do this. Masterful. I wouldn't say good. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I feel like you have to be, be specific I, I know, here. R- remove the morality and good still plays. Well, maybe removing the morality is a problem with politicians, yeah, yeah, Ginger Menace. Oh, we're going down this route, are we? Jesus. All right. Uh, so, so yeah, so, so basically, they, they, them in the ship, they, they've got this ticking time bomb. They've got, oh, missiles are coming. Draper's running around in her suit, you know, clearing the decks, making sure everyone's kind of taken care of. Um, there's a lot of humour actually out of this stuff where Vassarala's like got the gun and she's like don't leave me here you're fired you know a lot of that stuff it's even yeah, funnier yeah. when she says it because she's got that raspy voice that I couldn't even begin to to fake no no you couldn't uh, so so that, that's all that's all going on um, it's, it's funny actually because her voice popped up in something in the last year and I immediately went that's a Vassarala because the voice was so distinctive I can't remember what it was it was, it was an animated thing some kind yeah, I, rem- I remember hearing it and having this conversation. Yeah, maybe it was a game, maybe it was a video game. It might have been, I don't know. But that, 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 that stands to reason. But So there's an initial thing, the, 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 the guy, that, and I, you know what, I'm lucky I remembered this. The guy that Draper kind of like, you know, like... Commandeered everything from. Co- commandeered everything from, and also the whole thing was, oh, punch me so it looks like, or she's like, oh, punch you so it looks like I took it from you. So you didn't, yeah. it doesn't look like you just gave in. Because yeah. uh, he's still got the bruise in his cheek, and I'm like, oh, I remember this. this is, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's still hating. Which, you know, credit to it for being memorable that, you know, what, 15 months later? Not about 15 months, it's about a year. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, just okay. slightly over, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking since it started, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, since season two finished, it's been just over a year, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe even by on a year. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> the other thing I vividly remember, because I laughed so much from the finale last year, was... Uh, Draper being so excited by the free food. Actually, I think that was the second last episode. But regardless, yeah, is they're yeah, on the ship and there's the free food, and she's all like, "Oh, hey, Courtyard, you want some? Want some? Want some? <laughs> it's free. Take it." Uh, so, so a lot of fun stuff here. There's a lot of stuff with her. Uh, you know, they try to get to. It's like, oh, how do we get off the ship? There's missiles coming. We have to leave. Uh, oh, he mentioned that his daughter had a race ship at the top of the, you know, top of the ship. So yeah. they go up and find this race ship. And it's like, oh shit, it's a two-seater. And Cotillard's being all, oh, I'm the bodyguard. I, you know, I let you go. Draper can take care of you. Uh, now, him and the other dude do go for the, the sort of the regular evacuation ship. Escape pod. Escape pod, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming they made it out because I don't think we're losing Cotillard. I mean, I mean, this show has killed off characters before, so Yeah, I mean, me. I can see it going either way. We see them drop out, but eh, I don't know. I'm not, sh- I'm not certain that they survived. Yeah, I'm not certain they did or they didn't. If that makes sense, I yeah, don't know. yeah. I, I, like if they tell me next episode that I, they're dead, I'm I'll, not written I'll off. assume that. If anything, I'll, I, I'm expecting to see it landed somewhere, and the other dude's got like a big bit of metal stuck through him, so he's dead. But Cotillard's <laughs> like, oh no, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, he's, the red shirt will go, but he'll. That's uh, possible. He'll yeah. survive. Uh, but everything about this was really funny to me because a lot of this was a Vasarala. Who clearly, while very good at the diplomacy, very good at the politics, as, as you so eloquently put it early on with Aaron Wright, very good at all that. Clearly, Aaron Wright was smarter in this case because he set her up for up for treason. But she's clearly not experienced in firearms, actual you know traveling and you know spacecrafts because. Because so, so, we've seen this in the show before, the whole the fluid that gets pumped into them so they can handle the intense speeds. And it's a race ship, so it makes sense that this would all be geared up for yeah. this. And it's like, it, it's when it's like, right, sit back and take this. You're going to need this for the speeds we're going at. And she's like, get me off this ship right now. I'll blow up with the rest of the ship, it's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. Uh, that was cracking, was me, cracking up. me up. Also, the bit that really got me is when Draper comes back into the room and she just immediately starts shooting at her. Oh yeah, she fires a lot like five times before before uh, before she realizes who it is. She's like, "Oh, good job, ma'am." <laughs> and quite I'm just like, "I'll take that, Vassarella." Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, so that was it. If I, if I have a complaint about this episode, it is really that it ends in a really abrupt moment when they fly off at the end in the in the it race does, ship. It? It's it's kind of weird. I remember this happening once or twice last season as well, where it just felt like it just cut to the crowds again. It's kind of going back to that whole. Ah, we don't adhere to the structure of a TV show. I think it just it, it, follows. It even just needs like another couple of seconds of letting the moment sit. Ah, yeah, maybe. And then it, and then cut to the credits. It wouldn't feel as weird. Um, uh, maybe a couple more moments, and maybe the music sting could just let you know. This is the this yeah. is us wrapping up. This is the music wrapping up to the climax. Yeah, but I mean, just even after you know, as it flies off, just another couple of seconds of even just empty space. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need. And yeah, basically the, the Star Trek exit where the, the ship goes, you know, and it hyperdrives. Essentially, goes yeah. Away. Yeah. Uh, but hey, and again, the music in that ramps up, you know, dun 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 Entertaining stuff, obviously the stuff that tags onto that is the Aaron Wright stuff on the ground, we kind of mentioned that, where he convinces everyone to go to war, uh, no one's really up for it at first, but you know, that's it, it's declared, we're officially at war, uh, which of course leads to the Fred Johnson stuff in Drummer, 
uh, where he's now got the protomolecule he got from Naomi, uh, which obviously we'll get to the, the main crew in a minute, but he's got this and he's like, okay, I'm going to work with uh, Jared Harris' character, whose name I've completely forgotten in the time between seasons. Uh, and he's not in the credit list because he wasn't actually in this episode, the bastard. <laughs> but, see, he's going to work with him and obviously Drummer's very pissed about this, but she still wanted to do it. I thought it was funny though because they bring up the uh, the ship, the, the Navu. Uh, or the Novu, the, the the Mormon ship that they commandeer to try yeah. and crash in Terros. <laughs> it's like right, we're going to go salvage that and turn it into like a warship because we're going we're going to be a power soon. We're going to we're going to be just a bunch of trades. We're going to be a nation soon, and we're going to yeah. have you know do what you got to do. Yeah, we're going to have pull. We're going to have you know a deterrent because we're going to have this you know, essentially the the more advanced version of a nuke. This is what this is to them now. This is the equivalent yeah. of during the Cold War of you know both sides having nukes. Uh, and that, that's fascinating. Of course, that's kind of we knew it was going that way because that was kind of what it was leading to mm. uh, with Naomi at the end of the last season. Uh, but seeing those wheels kind of turn, I think it's interesting that I think one of the things this show has done is kind of slowly take minor characters and made them feel more important as it goes on. And I think Drummer's one of those characters where I feel like even just from her introduction in this episode, where she gets her own introduction scene, she gets a scene where she's you know she's doing like uh, pull ups uh, or well, actually no, she's doing. Upside down setups for hanging upside down. I don't know what you call those. I don't know if there's a specific name for those. <laughs> there probably is, but I am not um, gym versed enough to know it. <laughs> you, you, you're not. You're not fit, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, basically. Right, okay, but yeah. I was trying to. I was trying to sneak it in so it didn't <laughs> sound quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with this exercise thing. This this whole concept. I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind I'll, of I'll be honest. It's it's. Aside from like running for a bus, <laughs> uh, I, I don't do any, and I don't plan on doing any anytime soon. <laughs> the running for the bus isn't exactly by choice. I'll be honest. Yeah, uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. I, I, I don't think you get up and say, "You know what? I'm going to leave it late, so I have to run for it." Yeah, just for the sport of it. Anyway, it could be fun. The point I was making, though, is that I feel like we never got this last season with her where... So, no, here's an introduction to her because she's a, now a main character. She was always there when Neil Johnson was around. She was there. Naomi hung out with her one episode. But it never felt like you know, she gets her own introduction because she's a, a, we're going to have our own plot with her. Whereas I feel like we might get the plot of her going out to the ship. We might have that as, as its own set of scenes in the coming yeah, episodes. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool, and it's it's nice that they're, they're taking someone and setting her up. And even the idea that she has conflicted feelings about you know working with this other guy, we're working with Jared Harrison, like actually you know putting up with that. Um, they're setting up that she has a core conflict there. Uh, so so they're setting up she's got a story that she's got an arc potentially to go through, and yeah, so it's nice it's nice to take someone like that and make them feel a bit more important. But of course, what we want to talk about really is the main crew. Now, admittedly, this is a, a very relaxed first episode in the sense that it's mostly just dealing with the fallout of what's happening. Then we see the repair in the ship, they're having to change the name. Um, you know, Naomi asks Prax for the, the new name, and he, he kind of comes up with this 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 pine tree <laughs> that that basically like you, it has to be set on fire. It has to die by fire, and then the seeds come out of the fire. And it was, it was, it was a very obvious metaphor here for them. You know, yeah, it's, cr- cr- it's it's the phoenix, right? Yeah, com- coming, f- yeah, fire from the phoenix. I, I was thinking, you know, more specifically to them, like you know, f- coming from the can. You know, the can was destroyed, but then they yeah, yeah. rose up from those ashes, and and yeah, here they but are. It's, it's it's the classic because usually you get this story and you just call it the phoenix. Oh yeah, but sure. they've, they've just created their own thing instead and gone. Let's do this one. Yeah. 
Um, so, no, so that, that's cool. But the big thing here, though, emotionally, is that everyone, not just Holden, because we expect Holden is pissed at her, but everyone is pissed at what she did. I mean, Prax doesn't seem that bothered, but everyone else yeah, does. Yeah, Prax just is doing his own thing. Yeah, so... That, 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 I think that starts us off as an interesting place because she is in this really weird alienated spot from everyone else. Everyone is blanking her. Even Amos, who, you know, traditionally he's been very, you know, I, I follow her lead, you know, yeah. no, no matter what. And now he's kind of switched to holding um, more than anything else. And, you know, Alex is not feeling okay about it. Alex feels... And, you know, Alex actually has a very touching scene in this episode where he, like, you know, he sends a message to his wife and his son. And yeah. he kind of admits that he actually likes being out here and being part of something important more than he'd want to be at home with them. And I thought that was, that was a really, you know, brutally honest thing to say to someone. It is, isn't it? It's really admitting his own sort of thing. And I think it's because he, he has been a part of this thing for the last two seasons where he has been helping kind of save the the galaxy. That's definitely the way he sees it. Yeah, he, he sees this as having a purpose, as having a, yeah. a, noble, a noble goal. And it feels, you know, this episode for the most of it, it feels like that's ending. It feels like, no, we're, we're going we're going to go to hide in the Taiko. You know, at one point, uh, Naomi says, oh, you'll never have to see me again once we get there. But this is definitely the smartest thing to do. You know, yeah, it's the, it's the only way we survive. Earth, Earth will just shoot us down. Mars will, you know, take the ship back by force. Like, either way, we're screwed. No one, yeah, and we're, yeah. we're famous now. They all know our faces. The Taiko's the one place that might hide us because it's the belt. Yeah, this this whole war thing is, is not good for them. Because yeah. neither side really cares about them yeah so that, that's, that stuff's really good and obviously see Holden get mad I actually I did laugh a little bit at how obvious the scene was when he, was, he punches the, the coffee machine because yeah. I knew he was about to do it as soon as she walked out the room I was like he's going to punch something yeah yeah and of course it's the coffee machine which you know that was a whole big thing this is the, this is the angry scene where he punches something but, yeah. it, but it worked well enough um, and it, you got that little punchline from, from Prax uh, but I think I, I, I agree with Prax I should have had tea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I actually like about all this, though, is that there's a sense of... Because Holden was, again, a very noble character for a long time. And over the course of season two, he kind of got darker. He kind of started to, by any means necessary, whatever, you know, the, the ends justified the means. He became very cold and cynical. Mm. And we talked a lot about that evolution over the last season. And this episode, he kind of, like, you know, in, in talking to Prax again, and, like, you know, seeing these daughters bag and... Prax being like, you know, because he tries to convince Prax, hey, that wasn't your daughter, you don't have to feel bad about this. And he's like, I'll never know if that was my daughter. You know, because because Holden's basically just decided it was his daughter, but it doesn't matter because she's already dead. She, that, that wasn't her. You know, that to, to Holden, that definitely was her, but it doesn't matter because she's already dead. So now you should just make peace with it. I've got nothing to feel guilty about. But Prax is like, I'll never know if that was really her. I'd have to live with that. And he walks off and he sees the, you know, the, the little animated bag that she had. Yeah. And... Ultimately, this episode is Holden coming back and saying, hey, and again, talking about the, them being brutally honest with themselves and who they are, same with Alex, he's like, hey, I never give a shit about your daughter. I, I used you as a means to an end to, to, to solve this problem. Um, and because of that, we owe you. And he, yeah. he pulls up the map, he's like, oh, hey, when when the, the Venus, you know, the, the ship that was going to Venus, remember that from the season finale, we're all split in part. Uh, we still don't know what really happened to them. I'm assuming we'll get to that uh, soon. Uh, we must do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the, I mean, the immediate thought is, oh, they're all dead, but this proto-molecule works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it's clearly been pe- keeping people alive that shouldn't yeah, have otherwise been. Yeah, dead feels so. too easy. Yeah, which, actually, on that subject, there's a little bit of proto-molecule still on the ship. We saw it. Uh, there is. 
hidden, yeah. hidden away under the under yeah, the floor. They, they, they didn't burn all of it. No, no, they, they tried their best, but they didn't quite catch it all. Mm. And but no, so this is this moment of it's, it's like holding, sort of remembering who he is, and he's like, no, no, that like I need to make this right. Like I, you know, there's a chance your daughter's out here. And the funny thing is, is we know she is because we we got a scene. Uh, in the finale last year, uh, that Strickland, the Doctor, uh, still had her on IO, and that's that's where they're going. It's like, hey, when when this happened here with us, the Venus ship thing happened at the same time. There was also a reading though that matches these that came from IO, so there's some sort of protomolecule thing going on in IO, and it tracks this. So that's where they're heading, and you know, it's kind of funny to me that Naomi is kind of like. She's not an awful person at the end, but she is kind of the antagonist in that she's the one who doesn't want to go. She's the one who's saying, no, let's go and save our skins because we're screwed. It, it makes sense in context because obviously we, we have the extra information that they don't. As far as most of them are concerned, yeah, the daughter's dead. We should be worrying about ourselves. Yeah, but it's actually very endearing, you know, because Alex quite, you know, understandably given the previous scene and him liking having a purpose, him liking having like a noble goal to work towards, it makes sense that he's the first one to jump up and say, hey, I'm in. And Amos, you know, is like, hey, screw it. Yeah, let's, let's do <laughs> yeah, it. F it, I'll do it. Yeah. And, you know, Naomi's like pissed. I mean, she's just outvoted at this point. She, she. I mean, yeah. it's funny though, but they've, they've done this thing with Naomi where I still like her as a person. I understand her motivations. I understand where she's coming from. But my first thought during this scene was, is she going to try and sabotage the ship so they can't go? Because we've seen that she's, she's, she's been selfish less in the past. Because... Remember, Alex brings it up in this episode when they first discovered the proto molecule. Before they realized maybe what you know how much Earth and Mars were involved, he wanted to just give it to Mars. He's like, "Oh no, I trust Mars; they can handle it." Yeah. And they, they they agreed as a group that, that was a bad idea, and then she just decided on her own to give it to someone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's she. She's always just kind of gone off and done her own thing. She's she's got this thing where she feels like she knows best. Which is funny because I feel like it's very hypocritical given a lot of the speeches she probably gave Holden uh, over the course of season one and a good chunk of season two, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, that, that was a big thing is he was very self-righteous to begin with and like he kept having to be talked down, hey, we're not this, we're not that. And I actually almost, I, again, I find it kind of endearing that maybe in a, in a way he has rubbed off on Alex and he, maybe even Amos a small amount. Like just as, Amos is a very difficult he, character He's just to crack. in it for the fun, isn't he? Basically, he's there for the thrill ride more than anything else. Uh, but I, I think Alex is... Kind of the, the like obviously Holden has been a heart of the show in some way, but he's very definitely evolved. He's definitely made mistakes. He's become a more complicated, flawed character. I think Alex is kind of this neutral heart that's always there. Is like, now he's yeah. the nice one. You you never hate Alex. I feel like there's never been a time where I've I've been angry or upset with Alex in any way. No, I, I always find it amusing that Alex is obviously he's the one that's got the the Martian background, where everyone mm. else is you know the Earth or the Belt, and. He he's the one that feels the most human, which is uh, you know obviously we're supposed to side with Earth by its nature, right? Like we just yeah. you you assume that at first. Yeah, and then, I guess I I think I think my instant thought with that sort of stuff is, especially with this, where it is all human beings, it's all people who have moved yeah. from Earth, you know, it's colonies. Um, I, I think my instinct is to side with the Belters more because they're the underdogs. Yeah, that, yeah, they're sharp on. That, that's the thing. The 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 belt of the, that's your working class. Yeah, the because Mars is very much there a, a military first, or like they, of course they have other things. They're a society, but they're they they're a military society first and foremost. Yeah, yeah and obviously Earth is, you know, again that, it's that's just, all you, you, yeah, yeah, you, you, that, you, that has the dichotomy, doesn't it? That's where you got yeah. your rich and you're really poor. 
Yeah, of course, because of course we saw that, and again, I think we talked about this last season. But when we saw the poor areas of Earth, it was through Draper's eyes, who maybe didn't know about these areas on Earth. You know, so, yeah. so we got that with her last season. I'm sure we talked about that that mechanic of using her to show us yeah. that and witnessing it through her eyes. Um, and it's it's, it's just it'll, it'll be funny again to see like how we expand. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, the the viewpoint of the show. Remember how like, we we'd barely seen any Martian stuff outside of like one ship, and obviously the ship they're on, the Rassies is obviously a Martian ship. But you know we'd had maybe a couple of episodes on that big Martian ship in season one, and it wasn't until season two where we actually got Martian characters like yeah. Draper and her crew and seeing them in their suits and seeing what they can actually do. Let alone a bit about their actual their culture as yeah. they are, and not from an outsider's perspective like we were seeing before. Yeah, so I'm, actually, Joe, you know I'm really obviously I'm excited for uh, holding in the crew to go, go to Io and you know the search for the daughter. It's a, again, it's a noble cause. You're kind of rooting for them. You want her to be saved. You got the evil doctor, dude Strickland. You want to see that taken care of. But I'm perhaps more excited about them, or at least in a curious sense, is where Vassaral and Draper end up. Yeah, because they can't just go back to Earth, right? Because you know she's she's kind of wanted. Yeah, Vassaral is a fugitive now, and. Uh, I, I, they can't exactly just jump to Mars either because Draper basically defected. Yes. So it's like, okay, where do they go? Because they can't really go to either side. But both both sides of them want one of them. But they'll probably maybe take them in for the sake of the war. Like they go, all right, well we can use you. Yeah, sure. So it's just I, I could see them going either way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel I feel like if they do go to either one, they'll try and do it in secret so as not to be caught or noticed. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine that little racer ship can feasibly get to the belt. I don't know. It depends what the show tells me. If it tells me it can, I won't argue with it. But Yeah, if, if it does, then that's a pretty logical thing for them to go for, right? That, that, that was a, a canoe you know, going, going the Atlantic... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe a jet ski. Maybe a jet ski is more accurate. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they go to Tycho because obviously the Vassarala's got a relationship with with Fred. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but again, I think that's you know, close. To, that's in the belt. So, no, it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that the ship can get there. Yeah, yeah. If the ship can get there, then Tycho makes some sense. Um, I think there's a, a natural excitement of one day or actually interacting with the main crew in some capacity. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Because obviously they were actually in contact at one point last season, which was a a, a big you know step forward. Because I think all of season the, one we went without them ever speaking to each other. Very separate plots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously because that was that was one of the very impressive things about season one is that everything was very separate, but all of it tied into the same central plot. Yeah, it, it's always because it's got such big events at its core. So you're just seeing the same events from different viewpoints, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You see it from the working class. You see it from the soldiers. You see it from the the, the high ups making choices for the military, yeah. all that kind of thing. You'd see it from all these different different angles. Uh, so I'm curious as, you know, an Avasarala who's not part of that, an Avasarala who's on the run with Draper. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting to see what she does. Yeah. Uh, and will Draper get more food? That's the big question. I hope so. <laughs> I, I want to see her walk into like a room with a giant buffet. It just... Like, just yeah, it's like oh, this this is it. I bet she sniffs the cake. Bet she does. She's a great cake sniffer. Uh, for anyone who's not been watching series of unfortunate events on Netflix, you won't get that joke. That's okay. <laughs> but you should probably go watch it. If I go, it's a good fun. It's not nothing like the Expanse, but it's a good fun time. Yeah. Uh, so 
Um, no, but that, that was the first episode. That that was oh, it. I, I, I feel like it was a fairly straightforward uh, light episode because it was mostly setting up the emotional kind of, you know, where are our characters, where are they wanted to go, how are they all feeling? But it ultimately left me feeling quite sort of uplifted because they all had this kind of, no, we're going to go do something heroic and good because it's good and not because, right. you know, so. And and then, uh, you know, we've got the new status quo of the war officially. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, that's where we are this season. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning, of course, the second book started around episode six of season two, and that's called Caliban's War, which is the name of the finale. And this is very much, we're just into the war now. So uh, yeah. I'm curious to see, do, do we, is the rest of the season the rest of book two? Do we finish book two somewhere along the way? Yeah, obviously book one was about a season and a half. Yeah, season one was shorter though. Uh, it's worth it, it was, it was, that's true. So, but, so we'll see. I mean, they've clearly showed us they're not afraid of just ending when it needs to end. They're not going to drag it out to make sure it hits a season ending or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and on, on that, I mean, if we go, uh, this, what was, so fifteen episodes was the first book. So if you go by that logic again, we had um, eight already. This was nine, so there's another six of book two. If it was about the same length, I don't know if it will be. There's yeah. no reason why it should be necessarily. No, that would make sense if it is. But Even if the book's the same length, that doesn't mean ad- adapting it works out. No, it, it really way. depends on what, what happens in the book and, and the way that translates. Yeah. But hey, super excited. Uh, so glad to have the show back. And I did my good space show back in my yeah, life. Yeah, loving the, the effects are still great. Barring one little part, it, it was the bit where uh, Draper was outside on the ship and she when, was... When Spider-Manning up the side of the ship. The mag See, gloves. that's that stuff looked all right. Oh, that, it was no, when that, she was, was falling, if, if you could call it falling in space. Uh, yeah, yeah, when she's, yeah, 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 when she, you know, she loses the grip and she she goes flying back. And I'm like, okay, it, it looks a bit strange now. I like that scene because at first you're going, why is she falling in space? And you're like, no, the ship's moving. That's why. It's, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It just looks like she's falling. It's actually the ship that's moving, not her. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's just good fun. Um. No, that's, that's fair, that's fair. But no, it typically looks good. Um, I think what w- was interesting, obviously since last season we've had Star Trek Discovery, this is a much better show than Star Trek Discovery, Ma- let me make that very clear. Star Trek Discovery, though, probably has a bigger effects budget. That said, I actually prefer how this looks most of the time, if that makes that, sense. That's fair. I think, I think objectively, you know, Star Trek looks better in terms of it's just pr- just purely on the effects. It, they are better. But this has more of a style. Well, I, well... <laughs> I think they both have a style, but I think, I think the problem with Star Trek Discovery is that it, it styles too extreme, and that's why it, it oh, bugs me more. Whereas this, I actually think, looks better overall because it it has a style, but it's a very restrained style. It knows it, it is, yeah. It's, it's a bit more cohesive as well, though. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that's holding up very well. So, no. Uh, it's funny, I say that I'm happy to have my space show back as we're getting lost in space on Netflix uh, tomorrow, yeah. so... So we'll have double uh, it's space. not like we've really had much shortage of space. Just like you said, we had Star Trek not so long ago. Star Trek's its own beast, though. I feel like. Oh, that's fair. That, that, that almost counts for zero because it's just a Star Trek. There's always going to be Star Trek of some kind. It's fine. And I, I get you. I get you. But just hey, saying, it, it, it kind of counts. 
Hey, so that's, uh, that's the premiere of season three. So we'll be back, of course, next week with episode two. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us in the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. The audio feed with this in it, the almost cancelled uh, cable TV feed, if you want to call it that. There's uh, a link in the description. You can get that on there. Uh, you can get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the channel and everything we do here. You can do that over there. There's a link again in the description. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?